we're going to continue our series tonight um, through the book of 1 John. And this has been several weeks. So if you want to open up your Bibles, you can. I don't have anything on the screen for that tonight. So I'm going to read it to you. 1 John. Actually, if you pull up where it says Bibles on there, Kindle, right on the icon, I think they'll show up and you can show them one at a time. But if not, don't worry about it. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Some people carry paper Bibles still, which is pretty incredible. Um, But others of you, you have your phones and iDevices or whatever. Um, So we want to encourage you uh, to always be in the Word. Um, I don't know if it will be up there, but I'm going to read it from here. This is 1 John chapter 5, starting in verse 13. And uh, again, we've been on a long series through here. And so what I'm going to do is just read the word. Beautiful. See, you guys are good, man. Um, But we're going to just read this. I'm going to read it off the screen. That helps me. And then we're going to go ahead and just kind of pick this apart a little bit and see what God says to us. Pray with one another and then head out to have dinner together. All right. So let's read from verse 13. It says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Isn't that awesome? Let's let's just think about that. That that if we we ask anything of our God, according to His will, that He hears us. Not everybody is confident of a God that hears them. That's the first place of confidence we find our lives. Go ahead. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. And I'm not saying that you should pray about that. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Interesting. All wrongdoing is sin. And there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe. And the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true and we are in Him who is true by being in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. And this is where it ends. Dear children, Keep yourselves from idols. Now, the context of this, again, for those of you who haven't been uh, on this journey with us or you're just jumping in on the adventure, we're hearing from Grandpa John. This is John. He's very old. He's been through a lot. He's been boiled alive. He's had all these crazy things happen to him. And he's given us a picture and an understanding of some of the basics. In fact, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John are basically kind of pamphlets, pamphlets about faith. About understanding what it means to be born of God and to follow the Lord. I would encourage you, if you want to know what it means to love and to live openly in community, 
Go back through 1 John. Read it like a letter. Read it from the perspective of someone who's much older in the faith speaking life into you and me. And also the thing that we need to note is that John was in the midst of something where he was trying to sort out some things that were taking place in the community at that time. There's a group of people called the Gnostics that had come in and they had decided that they could take some really good sound theology and keep elements of it and then mix in kind of whatever they wanted to do with it and still call themselves followers of the way. And they would say, now we have a new faith and we have a new religion and we have this new thing. We've been enlightened. And and crazily enough, the more we explore this, the more we see what it looks like. It it actually looks like what we see today. A lot more than than regular because there's a lot of people like, yes, God, God is awesome. I love God. And then they kind of back off to go, God or that, you know, like a higher power. And then they stop using the name of God. And then they start to mix in things that they want to do. Right? Whatever morality, you know, God's cool with that. God's good with that. You know, I think God understands when I, whatever it is. And in America, this is a big deal because we are a favored people. I know it doesn't feel like it all the time. But in relationship to the average person in the world, do you realize... That if you make $35,000 a year at any job that's stable and steady, that you are in the top 1% of the richest people in the world? Weird, right? Because honestly, that's like not really cutting it for most people. And then we start thinking, if we have more than one vehicle... That would put us in the top of the top of the top percentages of the wealthiest people in the world. With the most treasure in the world. And these are things we don't even think about. Much less the fact that I have like 658 channels on my television. Much less that I can just click along to the internet. Like any given time. I love there's a commercial out. And the guy was like, hey, for this test thing, I have to take your phones. I don't know, you probably have seen this. But then he like throws them into a shredder. And, <laughs> and people are like, ah! And he asks one girl, he's like, how do you feel? She's like, my chest is very tight right now. <laughs> right? But I started thinking, like, how many of the things do we take for granted? I remember one of my kids came home from school one day. And again, we're a pretty connected household, right? But um, I think it was Riley came home and she was like, Dad, you wouldn't believe this. And she names the teacher. She doesn't have an eye anything. And I was like, okay, right? And she was like, she knows nothing about technology. I don't know how she lives, right? This week, uh, we needed cleaning products for the church. And so we clicked away on little Amazon, right? And overnight, boom. Boxes appear at the church, right? Just for cleaning products. There's crazy stuff that happens. I didn't even have to go to the store and say hi and shake anybody's hand or anything, right? It's amazing to consider where we're at. And so in this favored society, 
We have this, this spirit of the age, if you will, this, this idea that is coming into people's lives. It says, you know what, we're favored pretty highly and we, we get a lot of the things that we want and need. God must love us. And so what we start doing is, well, since God loves us, he probably understands some of the desires that I have that maybe back then didn't seem okay, but now I'm sure he totally gets it. Like, I'm sure God would be, hey, he knows. He knows that's just how it is, right? And what we do is we become the same kind of people that John was speaking against and saying, watch out for these people because they're giving you just enough good stuff mixed up with some really crazy things that are all about you and we don't want to be like that. And in this, this passage of scripture, he's wrapping it up. And he says this, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. He's giving and reminding them, hey, here's why I wrote this letter. I want you to remember that there's an eternal life. There's something way bigger than right now. Most of the time we would read that and we would say, I want you to know that you have eternal life. I just want you guys to understand, like, heaven's going to be so awesome. But that's not what John was saying. And I'm hopefully not saying it like that. He was saying, I want you to remember there's an eternal life. Like, there's more at stake than right here and right now. Have a bigger perspective. Have a bigger picture in mind. It's kind of like when you take your kids and you're teaching about money, right? And you can say, I could give you this dollar now. Or I could give you X amount over the next month. And you could have $30 at the end of the month. Which one do you want? And you kind of teach your kids a lesson, right? Like, you can either take right now, right here, or you can enlarge your perspective. You can broaden your horizon. And for us, a lot of us, we've got to remember that this is way bigger than us. That it's bigger than right now. And so John just nails it. I'm writing this to you so that you remember and that you may know that you have eternal life. There's a bigger picture at work here. And then he goes on. Let's look at verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So again, he's saying, remember, there's a much bigger thing at play here. And before you get desperate, and before you start freaking out, because you're going, whoa, I don't want to think that big. He says, don't worry. God's listening. He's listening. I love that. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And then he goes on further to say, and if, and if we know that he hears us, then whatever we ask, we know that, that we have what we've asked of him. The difference between our God and many of the other gods that we serve is our God hears. We have a God who hears. We have a God who knows and he cares. The other gods that are out there, the other things that are out there, all do things to us. And, and it's a matter of us matching up to their favor. We have a God who hears. We have a God who cares. We have a God who desires the best for us and out of us and with us. 
And we know that, that He hears us and, and can move on our behalf. And then he moves into a next picture of prayer. He says that if you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray that God will give them life. I'm referring to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. Okay, so let me give you a little context idea here. He's not saying there's some sins that are good and there's some sins that are bad. He's not saying that that there's anything positive about living in sin. And he's not saying that like there's big sins that God's going to strike you down for or whatever, like right here, right now. God is a God who saves. And because of Jesus, God can rescue anyone from anything at any time. And we need to have a firm conviction about that. But what he is saying is that there are things that you notice in people near you, in brothers and sisters, that you start seeing them get off track. And you can notice their attitude and their heart changing. Where there was once a love and a passion for God, there's a little less. And where there was once, I I know how they're going to respond here. Now you're not so sure. And he says, now there's certain things. When you start seeing someone stray off the path, pray for them. And God will restore them. He'll step in and rescue. But what you're also going to notice is that there are some people who are way down the road. Like, way down the road. And and when I was working in student ministry constantly uh, for the last several years, I'm still with students a lot. But one of the things that I would say is, you know, there's some people in your life that you're not going to be able to help. Like there's some people in this world that you can try and try and try, but the only thing that's going to happen in your relationship, no matter what, is they are going to find a way to drag you down. And it's tragic. I call these people toxic people. It's horrible. And I, and I don't want to, I'm like the most positive guy, right? I don't want to admit that anybody's in this place. But following the scripture here, there are some sins that people are headed directly on a path to destruction and death. And what happens is because we're compassionate people, man, we just want to pray for them and we want to love them and we want to help them out. We want to see it go the right way. But what we end up doing is finding that we end up compromising sometimes in the wake of that. And we end up finding ourselves on the backside of that or getting caught up in the very same thing, going, I don't know how I ended up here, but oh man, I, I didn't mean to do that. And, and what John is saying is there's a place and there's a point where you take someone to the Lord in prayer. And then there's also a place and a point. And there's some people and some things that you just have to say, hey, I love you. I will pray for you, but I'm going to have to wait here until you decide to come home. Until you decide to choose the path that that you know to be right. And I'm going to tell you this, coming from Grandpa John, this is good advice, but it's painful advice. It's very difficult advice to follow because it costs friendships. Well, who do you think you are? You think you're better than me? No, no. I don't think I'm better than you. Well, what are you trying to say then? I'm trying to say that you're in the middle of some bad stuff. And there's nothing that I can do to help. But I can't go there. And John was really specific when he says, 
Remember, life is about much more than this. And we have a God who hears and he understands. But there's some things that you just can't solve. Now, here's two ways to look at that. One is if you're the person who's trying to save and rescue and help, God, give me wisdom. Give me understanding for who are those people that you're calling me toward. But then the other part of that is, God, am I I that one? Probably one of the most painful things in my life is moments where people that I'm walking the road with realize that they're that one one, that they're walking out of the will of the Lord, and that they're breaking fellowship. John gives us strong advice that God wants to save and rescue, but he also says, be very cautious with what you do. And we go on, let's go to verse 19, ditto, if you will. Um, it says, we know that we're children of God, and that the whole world is under the control of of the evil one. Um, please know that my theology and my understanding of God is that God is good and God is love and God created the earth and He created good things. But also know that there is a spirit that is in control here that is not the spirit of God. God is in total control, but the enemy runs the show in a lot of things. In our world. If you don't believe me, take the drive down Court Street toward the freeway and just look around. My daughters, we drive that a lot, and they're like, Dad, we see some crazy stuff every time we drive down that street. Right? There's something else in control. And because God says, I've sent a Savior, and one day I will come back and we will win the war. But for now, Take heart. Be comforted in me. But things are broken. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because we live in a broken world. Why do bad things happen, period? Because the world is under the control of the evil one. That's the it. That's the whole deal. And so God says, draw to me. Steer away from what runs the show here. And allow me to rescue you. And in verse 20... He says, we also know the Son of God is coming, has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. That we are in Him who is true. By being in His Son, Jesus Christ, He is the true God and eternal life. That's the message of Pipeline Church. That's what our goal is. When you walk in the front doors there and you come in, on the left side there's a giant chalkboard and there's somebody, a really nice artist guy painted these words of that. It says, we're introducing people to Jesus and helping them become fully committed followers of Christ. Because of that. Because we want people to know and their eyes to be open and their understanding to be made known that it's Jesus who is the answer. That Jesus is the only answer. There is no other way. There is no other hope. No matter what you have, no matter what you do, no matter how good you are, there is no hope outside of Him. And we proclaim the message of the gospel. And I thought it was interesting the way that John chooses to close this book. He ends with the proclamation that Jesus is the Christ. That there's one true way, but then he goes to say this. Now, dear children, keep yourself from idols. 
Why would he do that? It's about Thanksgiving time, right? We're coming up on Thanksgiving. I'm totally pumped. I love the pumpkin spice candles. I love the long sweaters and the comfortable clothes, right? My wife brought home this rocking flannel shirt for me. I don't know if it looks rocking, but it feels freaking great, right? And it's like double lined. I don't even know. There's some kind of like slickery lining on the inside. It's from Costco, which is apparently connected right to Jesus. So, um, yes, in every way, even in the bigger section. I don't know. And so, um, I put on this thing, and I just, like, from the moment I put it on, it was like, yes, it is good. Right? So we're coming up on Thanksgiving. What are the things that people most often give thanks for? Give me some. I mean, I can get down here if it's more comfortable. What are the things that, hey, everybody, I'm now on the common folk level. So nice. Good to be with you tonight. Now, uh, what are some of the things that you know people give thanks for? Just Family, okay? Health. Health. Ironically, the family one, that's also the thing that people are like, why do we have to have these? Things? Okay. <laughs> family, health, what else? Food. Food, right? With food, it tastes like this. God, thank you for meat. Red, white, yellow, I don't care, whatever. Okay, so that's good. What else? Your homes. Your homes, right? A job. The one. Giving. Church. Thank God for this church, right? All of you, that should be the first thing on your list. So, no, but the idea is this. Like, when we sit around our Thanksgiving tables, especially in America, like, we love to talk about all the things we have and all the comforts that we know. And again, it's good. It's great. God, thank you so much for health. Thank you so much for life. Like, I I mean, I could start calling out things where I've seen God work miracles this year. And I've seen God bless. And I've seen God pour out His Spirit. Ah, absolutely phenomenal. And yet so much of it comes back to things that serve me on that day. Especially in our culture. Thanks for this nice warm home and this awesome Costco flannel. Thank you how good I feel right now and that we're with our family, even though I don't like half of them, but we're together. (laughs) Thank you for my money and thank you for my car and thank you for, right? And we we, we love to do that. We teach our kids to do that. It's great. What's the last thing John says to us? Grandpa John, thinking that he may not write a second or third John, okay? He wasn't like, in the next book I'll get to this, right? The last thing he's thinking he might say to the people is this. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Whoa. So I knew what I was going to preach tonight before I arrived. Shocking, right? I thought you just made it up. Somebody said that the other day. I love how you just get up and say whatever comes to your mind. Okay. I'll try that sometime and see how none of you will show up ever again, right? But I I, want to keep us in this place 
of, of realizing what takes place. So I knew what I was going to be speaking about tonight. And Andrew and the team were up here, and they're leading us. And I just read the words on the screen, and it says, when you walk into the room, everything changes. And then it goes through, and we began to proclaim through worship how that the presence of Christ in our life brings life and hope and healing and all of those things. And so we give thanks. And it is a good season to give thanks. But let us not forget, church, that anything else above the one who gives us everything is an idol. How many times have we said, I should have read my Bible today. I just didn't have time. Let's look back at our calendar and figure out what things we did have time for that day. Just a little guilt upon you, right? <laughs> I'm guilty too, okay? Think about how many times we said, you know, we should have gotten it done. We should have been a part of that. Or we should have served there. Or we should have... What we... We, we need to hearken back to is this first John section where he says, hey, don't let ever anything get in the way of the one who's everything. And I want to encourage us, church, we're going to, uh, we're done with this first John series and we're going to spend the next couple of weeks just talking about how we respond to God in this Thanksgiving season and move ahead toward all the things that God has given us. But my thought for tonight is, to remember how he started to close this book. And he, he said, don't forget the perspective here. There's a much bigger world at play. There's a much bigger calling. There's eternity at stake here. Remember that you serve a God who says, walk in the light and be in my light. And my love will guide you and protect you. And love the people near you, but be cautious. For the things that can stand in the way and the things that can drag you down and the pain that can come from trying to rescue toxic things. Allow me to do the work. And he calls it back to say, don't ever think that you're the Christ. Remember, there is only one Christ who has given us hope. And after proclaiming that one truth, he says, don't let anything get in the way. Don't let anything become an idol. Don't let anything stand in the way of giving Him praise and glory and honor. With that in mind, I'm going to ask the band to come up there and lead us in one more song. And I'm going to pray with you, so I'm just going to ask you to bow your hands and close your eyes just for a minute, just to get in your own space. I want you to think just for a moment. Begin to ask God on your time and in your space and and I hope that I'm, I'm not leading us a place that you weren't ready to go. But the first thing, have you considered that eternity is at play? Like, that's way bigger than here and now. Just think about that for a second. It's way bigger than here and now. And in that moment and, and in that consideration... When we begin to consider that we have a God who instead of us feeling helpless because it is so big and so so much to consider that we have a God who hears and draws near and is with us 
Thank you, God. So in your own space, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, and just in your own hearts, would you give God thanks for being present and being here? A God who hears and knows and loves and cares. And then further considering, God, my mission in this world, help me to be a person who's on mission in the right ways and the right places, not trying to saddle myself up with people that I want to rescue, but instead finding out where you're at work and following your way and your passion in your life. I guess that leads us then to kind of the way that John led us to wrap up this section of teaching. To say, would you consider Jesus, the Christ, as the only true hope? In this moment, whatever you're carrying, whatever things are on your heart, whatever things are on your spirit that are just dragging you down or burning up in your soul, would you consider that there is one hope and one glory and one truth and one risen Savior who chose to come and chooses to work on your behalf? He is your God and you are His people. And here tonight, if you have not chosen, or maybe you made that declaration a while back and you've, you've decided to do some things your own way, would you, in the space of your own mind and your own life, proclaim again that He is the Christ? And maybe you're in that place where, man, I love Jesus, and He's great, and He's good. But I put a lot of things in front of Him. And I believe that when you walked into this room tonight, Experience the presence of the Holy Spirit that He, for some of us in this room, began to convict and move and say, Now there's some things I want to do in your life. And I'll just say this I can't point that jump out. I can't do it. I'm not going to even try. But if you know that there's just some stuff that's in the way, let's get it figured out tonight. God, we don't want to have any idols. We don't want to have anything that stands in your way. We don't want to have anything that breaks a, a, a true communion with your presence. So, Father God, we come before you right now. We submit to your authority. We thank you for the gift of your Son. And we ask that you would do in us the work that you desire. We pray all these things. Let's worship together right before we get ready to leave.